Inspired by his personal experience as a frontline physician during the pandemic, our next guest joins us to discuss his new book, The Art of Human Care for COVID-19, and his story of loss, triumph, and a message of hope for our community during these trying times. Dr. Hassan Teta, a heart and lung transplant surgeon and the current health mission chief for the United States Department of Defense, shares how the pillars of his book series, Purpose, Personalization, and Partnership, directly apply to this historical moment that has fundamentally altered the world. While together, Dr. Teta outlines why COVID-19 can be a forcing function to positively impact our communities and what each of us can do to achieve these positive outcomes. Join us for this timely and needed message as we continue to work together to move the health of our nation forward. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Dr. Teta, welcome back to our podcast, and thank you for taking the time to meet back up today. Oh, Mike, thank you for the invitation, and it took a little work to get to us <laughs> meeting, but we made it happen. Thanks so much. We did it, a couple takes, and here we are, but so great to have you back, and I'm grateful to have you back given the recent and timely publication of your new book, The Art of Human Care for COVID-19, but before we discuss your important message for our community, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. Well, Dr. Teta, as I mentioned, you are back on our podcast. You are our second return guest, which is awesome. And we have a lot to discuss today. And it was an honor to first have you on the show back on episode 83, in which we discussed the three pillars of your original book and your series, as well as your passion for health technology and the positive impact it is having on your patients and the industry. For our community, I've left the link to the episode 83 in the episode notes. Simply scroll down to click on through to listen to Dr. Teta's original episode here on Passionate Pioneers. So, Dr. Ted, in order to set the stage for our conversation today, I'd like to read a part of the forward from your editor in your new book. I think it will really help set the stage for our conversation today. And your editor said the following. In a January 2021 phone meeting to discuss this book, Dr. Ted has shared his experience of the 9-11 attacks on New York City's Twin Towers. He was on the trauma team waiting for anticipated casualties and took a break on the roof of Kings County Hospital, looking over the city when he saw the first World Trade Center tower collapse, and then the second. After recovering from the initial shock, his thoughts immediately raced to his sister, who worked in one of the towers. A few frantic phone calls later, he learned that, due to car trouble, she had not been able to get to work that day. Hassan pointed out to me that while more than 3,000 Americans lost their lives on that day, COVID-19 was killing well over 3,000 Americans every day during the time we were working on this book. As I write this forward on January 19th, 2021, more than 400,000 Americans have succumbed to the virus and more than 2 million worldwide. Hassan's experience with COVID-19 has been equally personal and professional. As a physician, 
He served on the front lines, treating patients in the throes of the disease. As a husband and father, he saw his wife laid off from her job and helped supervise his two children as they homeschooled. Unlike 9-11, when good fortune or some greater power kept his sister from harm, the COVID-19 pandemic has not spared his family. Hassan lost two very dear aunts and one very close uncle. And as a citizen scientist, he has been baffled by those in his own circle who did not take the pandemic seriously. If anyone were to lose hope and become a cynic, Dr. Teta had the right. COVID-19 has shown a light upon the everyday experience of racial injustice and inequitable access to nutritious food, quality education, and medical and mental health care. We now have the opportunity to make systemic change. Dr. Teta, that's a powerful piece of your forward that your editor wrote, and I'm looking forward to discussing this book and everything that you've put into this. I know how passionate you are around this, but before we go and dive in, how are you doing, my friend? How are you holding up? I know we've taken a couple times to get on this episode to record, but how are you doing? You hanging in there? Mike, I'm doing great. I'm here, and that is something that I certainly write about. I reflect on every day, especially at times like this. Nothing else has been learned. I think all of us that have been dealing with the COVID, and many of us have, that we have a different perspective on how we look at life and sort of a daily gift that's given to us with the time and health and things like that. In every regard, I'm doing well from that standpoint, and thanks so much for asking. Well, with the stage set, Dr. Ted, I'm looking forward to diving deeper with the new book and the message you have for our community after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation. Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit catalysthealthtech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Dr. Hassan Teta, author of the new book, The Art of Human Care for COVID-19, and we have much to discuss. Dr. Teta, again, we had you back in episode 83. It was a wonderful conversation. You have an entire series around the art of human care. Looking forward to diving in there. And of course, the next part of that series is The Art of Human Care for COVID-19. So with the stage set, read a little bit of the forward from your editor. What has it been like for you personally, professionally over the past year? with COVID-19 and what spurred you to write this new book? Great question, Mike. I think there's a passage in the book where I write that I fear ultimately we will all be impacted by COVID-19. And I think there's a global pandemic. Fortunately, these things happen sort of once in a lifetime every century or so. So unfortunately, we got our time. It came up. But I'll tell you why I wrote the book really stemmed from a lot of what you read with my editor. and. She and I had many great conversations actually leading up to the book. But even before that, of course, I had been working on 
the series, The Art of Human Care. And the pandemic, actually, the original book, threw a monkey wrench in this great book tour that we had that was planned for the whole country. We we're going to go to all these different places. And many people last year, this time, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of unknowns. There was certainly a lot of despair. People were dying. People that were close to me were dying. I was seeing really incredible illness and pathology in the hospital around COVID. And my wife had been laid off, as I mentioned. And so all of these things were sort of happening and different segments of our population were experiencing COVID in a different way. To some extent, I think that's a little bit more normalized now. But if you think back a year ago, and certainly more than a year ago, you think about where people were really getting hit. Initially, it was New York was our epicenter. Before that, it was the Pacific Northwest. But if you were in the Midwest, this was sort of, what are they talking about? I don't get it. What's going on? And so in the midst of all of this fear, uncertainty, not going into work, the DOD had put out a message that everyone was to be teleworking and the hospitals were stopping elective surgery. In the midst of all of this, one of my coaching colleagues and friends had reached out to me. He's a gentleman that I turned to for some help and assistance when I was coming back from a particularly challenging deployment from Afghanistan many years ago. And a brilliant guy and a man who has helped Fortune 100 leaders lead their companies and transform their organizations into stellar and even better organizations. And he reached out to me sort of just to say, hey, let's have a Zoom conversation because we haven't talked in a while. So I took him up on the offer. I was feeling kind of depressed. And I was like, well, maybe good to talk to my former coach and maybe give me a pep talk. And he, he said, right off the bat, how are you doing? I say, hey, Greg, I'm not doing very well. I mean, this is tough. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen at work. My wife's not at work. The kids are starting to try to figure out this whole virtual learning thing. I'm scared. I mean, I see what's happening in the hospitals. I mean, we don't know what's happening. We don't know how this is getting transmitted. We don't know what's going on. I was genuinely just concerned, anxious, and full of fear. And this was his response to me, which was so surprising. He said, you know, I don't get it. He said, I don't understand why people wear masks and what's all this other stuff. He said, hey, out here, nothing's happening. And Mike, he lived in rural Oregon. And so in rural Oregon, where he was, I mean, Literally nothing was happening. He was like, you're looking at the trees and then you know, everybody's walking around. There were really virtually no cases out there to speak of. And it dawned on me, I was like, there's one thing to talk about people who they just don't want to hear anything. They're just not receptive to any kind of science or data or anecdotal information at all. They just have a fixed perspective. But this is not that person. This is an open-minded, very thoughtful guy. And his perspective was so different than mine. And he just could not understand why I was feeling the way I was. And it all boiled down to me as a matter of perspective. And that perspective from his reaction to what I was feeling was so difficult to reconcile for me that it was really at that moment that I said to myself, I said, you know what? I need to write about what's going on. I need to document what's going on because why I was feeling even more full of despair is because I had been, over the course of my career, always fascinated about pandemics. I had been, I mean, I could read about pandemics and find just this incredible interest in how people overcame pandemics, the Spanish flu, the bubonic plague, the black plague, all of these different things. And so I had all this knowledge in my mind. I had this opportunity to study them even in more depth just a couple of years ago when I was in the National War College. And so it was all fresh in my mind. And I'm, oh my gosh, we're living through this pandemic. 
And all of these things that I'm witnessing are all the things that I read about in history. And we're repeating it, even though we're in 2020, 2021. I'm like, this is amazing. And how one segment of the population was impacted and yet another not, but not yet, was really what was me and my compelling reason to do it. Wow, that is powerful. And it's so true, right? I mean, I know you surround yourself with national thought leaders and you mentioned that perspective in rural Oregon. I can only imagine him. He's looking around, everything's good, right? But there you are in the heart of the war zone of the pandemic. It just must've been a fascinating conversation. So thank you for setting the stage on that. And Dr. Teta, as we mentioned back on episode 83, we came and talked about just the overall Art of Human Care books and the whole mission that you're putting behind that. And now, of course, the next book in that series is The Art of Human Care for COVID-19. But to set the stage a bit, you mentioned on your website, artofhumancare.com, you mentioned the art of human care theory embodies purpose, personalization, and partnerships. Inspired by his near-death experience and informed over decades of clinical practice as a heart and lung transplant surgeon, Dr. Teta combines many of his personal stories with the healing power of art. His down-to-earth humanitarianism and unique perspective on what it means to heal serves to inspire individuals to change the world positively. So beautiful. So with the stage set there as well, why did you feel it was important to deliver another book in the series around and specific to COVID-19? Another great question, Mike. So in that conversation of having this sort of contrast of how someone I respect, brilliant guy, thoughtful guy, had this very different perspective than the one that I was facing. He also recognized and just talking to me that, hey, Hassan, you're not right, man. I mean, you're usually a positive guy. You're very upbeat and you don't seem yourself. And I said, I am in a funk. And he said, well, yeah, as great coaches do, let's work together about getting out of this funk. What do you need to do to get out of this funk? His question was really interesting because it started to probably for one time throughout that whole thing of just going and going and going and thinking about all the stuff that was going on, I never really stopped to reflect and say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going down a pretty dark path here. And if I don't sort of reverse this trend, I'm going to get in a place where it may be irrecoverable. I don't want to go down to the depths of the low. And it dawned on me, I said, wait a minute, the principles that I need to get out of this funk, to sort of lift my spirit, so to speak, and quite frankly, help others in the process are exactly the same things I espouse in the book that I wrote about. It was sort of, <laughs> you have the instructions, you have the blueprint there. It was in the previous book, which I sort of shelved because I was like, oh, great, pandemic. I can't even tell anybody about the book. The whole book tour thing has gone kaput. And then I thought to myself, I said, no, you know what? I need to rediscover purpose. I need to personalize what I'm going to do with terms of this experience and this COVID experience for me. And I need to start developing some partnerships to sort of lift myself and my family out of this funk and maybe in the process, rally some people around me so that we can develop sort of a conversation about, all right, we have in our lifetime right now, we're experiencing something that's life-changing, life-altering. And in all of the previous pandemics that I had read about, that I studied about, I knew that they fundamentally changed society. They changed society politically, economically, socially, and technologically. And I'm now living that, right? And I was experiencing it in the midst of all of that. I'm like, look at what's going on politically. Look at what's going on economically. People are losing their jobs. At the same time, you have billionaires increasing their worth 30% during the same time that people are having economic catastrophe. Socially, you know, where we're at mass, we're isolating ourselves. No one wants to touch anyone. No one wants to have a 
handshake, restaurants is shut down. And technologically, look at what we're doing right now. I mean, we're able to communicate and connect in a way, albeit virtually, in a way that we probably could never have done before. The very fact that school was still able to be conducted, albeit with some challenges, was also something. So I said, you know what? This is a moment in time. This is a historical event that's happening that we're living through right now, that I'm living through right now. And I have an opportunity to sort of espouse these principles of purpose, personalization, and partnerships, apply them to the knowledge, the background, and the experience, the very real experience I have, both as a care provider, family member that's lost people in COVID, and this time in history to sort of bring these components together and ideally deliver something that finished the last part of that statement. I fear ultimately all of us will be impacted by COVID-19, but understand and appreciate that as we emerge, we'll all need an inspiration and instructions for getting to a higher place. And that was really the purpose of the book. Well, thank you for that, Hassan. I much appreciated. And give us a little bit more, maybe one or two or three takeaways that we should be thinking about as a community. And of course, we'll be asking where we can find it, how to get our hands on the book, et cetera. But what are those one to two to three takeaways? You did a brilliant job in the last episode, forming that up for your first book in the series. But what are those one to three takeaways for this one? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, this has changed our lives. If you have not been impacted in some way by COVID, you probably have not been living on the planet Earth, maybe. You've probably been somewhere else. You've been transported here. So having said that, this has changed our life. And I think what it has fundamentally did, and this is a takeaway, and this is what I go through in the book, and I hope will be one of the takeaways that people appreciate is what I advise and what I sort of espouse and what I help people realize through the art, through the stories, is to take an inventory and sort of an introspective look at your life and say, all right, this event, this worldwide once in a lifetime event has happened during my lifetime. And it should be a forcing function for you to think about what really matters in your life, what really matters. Because before COVID, there were lots of things that mattered. During COVID, lots of other things mattered more, right? Your priorities, safety, health, shelter, <laughs> you know, loved ones. And now as you emerge from this pandemic and as we emerge from the pandemic as a society, think about what's going to be your main focus. What is going to be your driving sort of North Star driving light? What is going to be the thing that you become very passionate about? What's your purpose? And that's really what I help, I hope, readers to really appreciate is to really be introspective about that. That's one thing. That's definitely one of the big takeaways, finding your purpose and sort of emerging from this in a way that brings you to a better place than you were even before the pandemic, believe it or not. And then maybe another one, sort of holistically, think about how our society has changed and how are you going to be prepared for what's the new world going to be like. People say, well, let's go back to normal. We're not going back to normal. I keep emphasizing that. I keep saying that everything that we knew before March 2020, for those of us in America, is going to be different moving forward into the future. And what I do is I provide, I won't give it all away, but looking at the book, I provide some real great insights into embodying those principles of what you need to sort of equip yourself for the new world ahead so that you'll be very successful and ideally be in a better place than you were even pre-pandemic and certainly during the pandemic. I love it. Don't get all the tricks away on the podcast. We'll definitely, again, leave a link to go and grab that book and for our community to hear directly from you in it. But of course, I can't let you off the hook either. Last time we got really excited at the back end of the recording together around technology, artificial intelligence, otherwise, and for our community, 
Dr. Teta is also the health mission chief for the Department of Defense Joint Artificial Intelligence Center. Dr. Teta, a number of months ago when we chatted, things were still being innovated. We're seeing this, this massive push on telehealth, right? We're starting to hear about this vaccine and now here we are in 2021. A lot has changed since that first recording together. Now, in regards to technology, is the genie out of the bottle for healthcare? Where do we go next? I've heard a lot of leaders like yourself and others say, we've compressed about 10 years of cycle time to advance the industry. Where are we? What's happening? What are you seeing? Where are we going next? Without question. So I think I shared with you just before joining you here for this, I was on a panel with some health IT government leaders talking about the future of health and IT. What has happened during the COVID time is unimaginable. I mean, you could not have predicted this even if you tried to script it for a movie. This is really amazing. And this is really what pandemics do. They advance technologies to some extent that it's comparable to taking a decade worth of what would have taken a decade worth of work and compress it, as you said, to days, weeks, and months. In this case, that's exactly what happened. If you think about the ability to have the platforms that we have now where you can have hundreds of people on a meeting, the technology to compress all of the transfer of the information and the data. So this real time, and it's almost you're virtually here with people. I mean, that was all engendered because we had to do it by necessity, right? You think about people one day in the office and the next day, their entire platforms having to be virtual. That was also something that had to be accelerated. You talk about people having to go from a brick and mortar kind of operation to how do we work with disparate workers all over the country? And how has that socially changed the construct and the idea of the worker? Because before it was like, well, if you're not in the office, you're not doing work. Well, now there's a lot of people who've lived a year outside of the office that said, no, in fact, I was more productive at home. I got more things done. My collaboration actually enhanced and went better than it was when I was in the office. And oh, by the way, I've actually increased my productivity because I didn't spend two and a half to three hours in a commute in a car going back and forth. There was really lost time that neither I nor the company benefited from. So I think those changes are going to be enduring. And of course, because you have the audience that you have, and I know you have the interest in IT, I will also tell you that concurrently, I had been working on another book in the series, and this is my other teaser for you. That will be available later in the summer. It will be The Art of Human Care with Artificial Intelligence. And I'm really excited about that book because in that, I espouse many of the principles we just talked about, but give you some concrete examples of things that are happening right now. And what more importantly is exciting about the technology, the artificial intelligence, and the care that's coming on the horizon in our space of healthcare. Upcoming episode alert. It looks like you might be coming (laughs) back for it. Yeah. Maybe I'll be one of your three-peats, every first one. (laughs) You would be the first one, Dr. Teta. I'm going to tell you right now, we're probably going to end up doing Just broke some news here on the podcast. So exciting. What an awesome update. This series is incredible for our community. Do make sure to get your hands on these books. Again, we'll be leaving some contact points for exactly that in just a moment. But Dr. Teta, also thinking about what you said and the converse is also true. What we have been seeing is that some people have said being isolated, not being in the office around their colleagues also had a detrimental effect, right? Of course, yes, we've seen productivity. We've seen all the data, but we're now seeing data come in in regards to mental health and the impact there and being isolated, always being behind a screen. So I think we're going to start seeing maybe the pendulum maybe balance out a bit. What are your thoughts there? Oh, that's a great point. Well, yes, there is no question. And I write about this extensively in the book too, 
about the behavioral health impact that is going to be epidemic, if not pandemic, no pun intended, for society. But one of the things that I do, as you know, as a clinician, is I work in heart and lung transplantation. And I've shared this with my colleagues. It's sort of as a harbinger of greater society, but sort of maybe this is the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. For, I would say, the greater part of the year with the cases that I've been involved with, the patients that have unfortunately become organ donors, we saw a shift in the pendulum of the mix of folks that do become organ donors. And typically for those that have catastrophic brain injuries and you know, progressive brain death. And it was a very healthy mix of trauma patients. And then there were other people that just had injuries and things like that. Well, during the COVID pandemic time, many people weren't traveling. A lot of people weren't driving in cars. There weren't people out and about doing things. But a lot of the patients, the donor patients that we had were patients that unfortunately had succumbed to suicide and drug overdose that I think was, again, a reflection of what you just mentioned, the devastating toll in behavioral health with the isolation, the anxiety, the stress, and of course, the loneliness that people have been experiencing during this time, the loss of family members, loss of job, loss of purpose, all of those things. So I saw that. Now, at the same time, I also noticed that we actually started to transplant a number of patients, lung transplant patients that progressed to lung failure from COVID. Now, I will tell you that most of my patients that we bring to lung transplant that need them, they're usually dealing with very chronic conditions over a lifetime, over decades, or whether it be chronic disease from smoking or things like idiopathic fibrosis. These people had most times been living with these conditions for years and years, and then the lungs just kind of deteriorate to a point where they're failing and they need to have a lung transplant as the final option. If you think about COVID, it's only been with us for a year plus. And we're already transplanting some patients because their lungs have been so injured, so damaged that during the course of the disease, they're not functional anymore and they had the required transplant. So in my mind, I see that as, yes, what is coming down the horizon is going to be a lot of people that are dealing again with the behavioral health issues, the depression, the things that lead to people committing self-harm and doing destructive things. And then also from the medical standpoint, we're going to see these people that had COVID, that have fortunately recovered from COVID, but have some sequelae. And how are we going to deal with that moving forward? I think it's going to be a very challenging time in healthcare moving forward, but I think we also have built a lot of resiliency in our system because we've had to deal with so much in such a short period of time that I think we'll be ready for it, but there's going to be some challenges ahead. And I'd like to also think that the things that I write about, the elements and some of the tools that I provide in the book, are going to be those things that help individuals that are facing some of these difficult times of challenges of anxiety, stress, and the uncertainty as well. Well, I know I'm an N of one, Dr. Teta, but uh, the other day I just started scheduling my travel to attend the HIMSS 2021 conference. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to a conference. (laughs) Going to a conference. Wow. I get to see friends and colleagues that I haven't been able to see for quite some time. So I know I'm just incredibly excited for society to open back up. People fuel me as well, being able to meet with leaders like you and being able to physically get together in that collaboration, which then leads to innovation. I am personally so excited about. So maybe we'll bump into each other in Las Vegas at HIMSS. Who knows? We'll see. (laughs) Right. Well, we are social people, so that'll definitely happen. We are social creatures. Humans definitely need that social connection. And God willing, things will start to open up. And I think we'll get back to what we do that's instinctual and natural to us. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Dr. Teta, let's start winding it down here. How do we get a hold of the book? Point us online. Where do we go? You have a couple websites out there. Of course, you're on LinkedIn as well. But where do we find you? Where do we find the series? And where do we go from here? The series and even 
some highlights for the book coming up, the Artificial Human Care for COVID, and certainly the Art of Human Care with Artificial Intelligence. And of course, the original series, The Art of Human Care, are all on the artofhumancare.com website. And of course, you can also find me and some of the other work that I do on drteta.com. It's D-O-C-T-O-R-T-E-T-T-E-H.com. And you can also find me in all the other usual suspect platforms at Twitter and LinkedIn, as you mentioned, at Dr. Teta and Hassan Teta on LinkedIn. So all those places that uh, we have some exciting programs coming up. One of the things that we should highlight very quickly is that the title says it all, but sometimes it can be lost. The art of human care implies, yes, there is an art to human care, but it also implies, and I'm here to tell your audience that there is fantastic art within the books. So the books are intentionally written so they can be digested in a very short period of time. And with the art that's there, and if a picture's worth a thousand words, we really give you a lot in the book. And I think there's a lot to appreciate in the great art that has been rendered from some fantastic artists. And it is all plus one that the art is incredible. You guys have done a wonderful, wonderful job. And of course, for our community, head on down into the episode notes, click on through. There are links there to head over into Dr. Teta's websites and of course, his LinkedIn and otherwise. But again, just scroll down into the episode notes, find those links. You can also head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode that'll include all those links as well and an opportunity to leave comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise for Dr. Teta and his team. Well, Dr. Teta, this is now number two. I'm feeling it. We got a third one coming later on in 2021. So everybody stay tuned. We're going to drop a trilogy. I can't wait. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us again, Dr. Teta. Always a pleasure and an honor to spend time with you. We look forward to continuing to follow your journey and your leadership as we continue to work together to push the health of our nation forward. But for now, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 